0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which...
1: Jeeves, could you get me some soda? I demanded from my butler. His name wasn't really Jeeves. I just called him that for fun. Yes, sir, he replied. Make me a sandwich while you're at it, I said. He nodded and left. Having people refer to me as sir made me feel quite important, especially since I was only in my last year of middle school. My parents owned several luxury hotels in the South Pacific, and in addition to that, my mom was the heir to a massive family fortune. If you want to have a massive fortune as well, let's get this video to 50,000 likes and everyone watching this video will be rich. Really? So I guess you could say I grew up like a prince. Servants pampered me, and I had to do nothing for myself. My bedroom was the size of a middle-class family's house, and I'm not exaggerating. It had everything you could imagine. I had my own arcade, two televisions, a cotton candy machine, basketball court, jacuzzi, and a section I like to call the zoo. It wasn't a real zoo, of course, but it was where I kept my exotic pets. A squirrel monkey, royal python, komodo dragon, and an ordinary poodle I called Frank. But apart from that, I was a regular kid. I liked video games, hanging out with my other rich friends, and playing sports especially football the best part of my life was that my parents weren't overbearing or controlling they wanted me to grow up into a self-sufficient independent person that meant they pretty much let me do whatever I wanted so I got to hang out with my friends and do whatever I felt like doing one Saturday afternoon after football practice I was walking around town with my friend Andy we were feeling really hungry after a pretty intense practice session so we decided to stop at a 711 and grab a snack As I left the building with a slurpee the size of my head, an old man bumped into my shoulder and half of my drink spilled onto the pavement. Hey, watch it, I said angrily. I'm sorry, he replied. I took a good look at him and realized that he was wearing dirty clothes and he looked like he hadn't showered in months. I haven't eaten all day. Do you have five dollars to spare? He asked me. Sure, I said while digging into my pocket. I handed him the money. I don't have anything to eat tomorrow either. Do you have any more cash to spare? He asked. I looked at Andy and we started laughing. Look, old man, I already gave you five dollars. That's enough, I said. You're a spoiled little brat and you will never understand what it's like to be a person like me. Homeless and abandoned by everyone. You'll never know what it's like to have nothing, he screamed. As I sat alone in my room that night, I thought, hmm, My identity does not revolve around all this money. I'm pretty sure I'm strong enough to survive as a homeless person. Maybe I'll take this old man's words and use them as a challenge. I'm going to move away from my perfect life for a while. I just need a plan, I continued thinking. The next morning, I convinced my parents to send me to a private high school in France for one year. It was summer, and I was supposed to be going to an elite high school nearby in a few weeks. I explained that moving to France would be better for my development and independence. I'd also learn a new language. They agreed right away, made the plans, and bought the ticket. I couldn't believe how easy that was. In reality, I'd only be moving two towns away. I had already enrolled myself in a poorly funded high school there. When it was time to leave, I pretended that I was all packed and ready to go to my new school. My parents dropped me off at the airport, and as soon as they left, I took a bus to town. I found the old man I had bumped into a few weeks before and gave him my suitcase. You can have all this stuff. I don't need it, I said, and I was left with one backpack and $50. I got onto another bus and embarked on my new journey as a homeless person. When I arrived at my stop, I got off the bus. Now what, I thought. I had no clue what I was supposed to be doing as a new homeless person, so I just walked around aimlessly for a few hours. I began to feel very tired and it started to get dark, so I decided to sit at a table outside a cafe. A waitress came up to me and said, Sir, I'm sorry, but seats are reserved for paying customers only. I went in, bought a cup of hot chocolate, and went back outside. I only had $40 left. I don't know when it happened, but I fell asleep and was woken up hours later by the same waitress. We're closing now. You have to leave, she said. I stood up, went across the street, and waited for them to pack up and leave. Afterwards, I went to sit on the floor in front of the cafe. I took out my phone and sent a message to my parents. Hey, I've arrived safely. France is great so far. We're happy for you. Have fun, they replied. This became my daily habit. I'd walk around the town and I'd find different places to freshen up. Libraries, restaurants, anywhere. I begged strangers for money to buy food and when it was time to sleep, I'd just settle in front of the cafe. I was grateful on my first day of school because it meant I'd get to take a break from the same old routine every day. The school looked like it was falling apart, and the students there were certainly not the crowd I was used to. I found my first class and sat down at the back. Pieces of the ceiling were falling off. There was terrible lighting and the air conditioner didn't work. But those were the least of my worries. Everyone who walked in turned up their noses at me. That guy smells like a garbage truck, said one
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: For my classmates, he pointed to me while his friends gathered around him and laughed. The teachers were no better. They were mean, harsh, and they all looked like they hated their jobs. I was having the worst day ever. I sat in the cafeteria eating my lunch alone when a girl came and sat in front of me. Hi. I'm Melody, she said. I'm Eric, I replied, sort of embarrassed to be talking to a girl in my condition. I've seen you some nights, sleeping outside on the street. Are you homeless? Where are your parents? She asked. My parents died in a car accident, so I'm pretty much alone, I lied. Don't you have other relatives who could have taken you in? She asked. No, I replied. I'm sorry to hear about that. I really am, she said. She looked really sincere. She slid a pink slip of paper into my hand and then she left. I opened it and it contained the directions to a homeless shelter. After school, I decided to head straight there as I was in desperate need of a shower. I also wanted to sleep in a real bed and maybe change my clothes. At least I'd be clean for school the next day. It took me a while to find the shelter, but when I did, I knocked on the door and a kind old lady opened it. Hello? Can I help you? She asked. Is this the homeless shelter? I was wondering if I could stay tonight, I asked. I'm sorry, but we're full tonight. Try coming back tomorrow, she replied. Suddenly, I saw Melody appear behind her. What was she doing here? Marsha, it's okay, she said to the woman. Don't worry, Eric, you can stay in my room tonight. I'll sleep on the couch, she said. The old lady signaled for me to come in, and I heaved a sigh of relief. Melody, are you… But before I could finish, she explained. I'm homeless too. I live here sometimes with my mom. This has been my life for the past 10 years. We once had a happy home, but one day my father left and never came back. My mom couldn't afford the rent on her own, so we were forced to live on the streets. Until we found this place, she said. I felt really bad that people actually had to endure this. For me, this was just an experiment. But for her, it was reality. As the weeks went by, I made a deal with the owner of the home, Marsha. I could stay as long as I helped out around the home. She taught me how to cook, and before I knew it, preparing breakfast and dinner were my responsibilities. It was hilarious at first because I didn't even know how to use a stove. I was also responsible for cleaning the bathrooms. This drove Marcia crazy at first because I had no idea what I was doing. I never did my own cleaning at home. Melody and I got closer as time went by. We'd sit next to each other at school, and we'd spend almost every minute together. She was funny, kind, and very generous. She had a really beautiful heart and before I knew it, I was in love. When I expressed my feelings to her, she told me that she felt the same way and that was the beginning of my first relationship. But the reality hung over my head. Soon, my one-year experiment would be over and I'd have to tell her the truth. She had really fallen in love with a fraud as she knew almost nothing about the real me. My problems increased when old Marsha sat with me one evening and said she had something serious to discuss with me. Eric, I'm happy you've come to stay here at the shelter and that I've been able to help you. You're continuing to grow into a remarkable young man, and I'm very proud of you. But I'm still sad that you are without a real family. And, well, I was wondering how would you feel if I became your adoptive mother? She said. I was speechless. I mean, I know I could never replace your biological mother, but I'd hate to think of you going through this life all alone. I just want you to know that I will always be here for you no matter what, she said. I decided that I'd have to tell her the truth now. I held her hands and thanked her for being so kind and supportive. Then, I told her everything. Who I really was, where I came from, the fact that I had millions and that this was only an experiment. I was so engrossed in my story that I didn't even realize that Melody was standing right behind us. When I noticed her, it was too late. She ran to her room upstairs and I quickly followed. Melody, listen, I'm so sorry, I said. I can't believe you lied to me. Nothing I know about you is true, she said. What is true is how I feel about you. I never expected to come here, to meet you, To end up like this. But all I know is that I really care about you, and I'd never, ever want to leave your side, even if it meant staying here forever. I don't need those millions like I need you, I said as I held her hands while looking into her eyes. Melody eventually forgave me. My next hurdle was explaining the truth to my parents. They were surprised when I showed up suddenly with Melody and her mom by my side. I explained the nature of my experiment, and they were actually proud of me. My parents bought Melody and her mom a house close to ours and decided to fund Melody's entire education. She wouldn't have to go to that awful school anymore. On weekends, we'd still go to volunteer at the homeless shelter. My parents also donated a large sum of money, which helped the shelter to expand and house more people. Pretending to be homeless taught me that we all need each other to survive in this world. And that if we can help another person, we should.